This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Halls. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. We've got four new films to review this evening. We're going to kick off with the French horror movie Bunker 717. Then we have Gina Carano in uh, Terror on the Prairie. Uh, British thriller, The Stranger in Our Bed is next. And then we're going to round off with The Day After Halloween. Our short shot this week is the horror short The Shack. And our DTV throwback is Luke Van Tien. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is Bunker 717. In Paris in the 80s, three students decide to celebrate their graduation with a visit to the Paris catacombs. There they discover the legendary 717 bunker, but little do they know it's not the only thing Nazi soldiers have left behind them. Uh, As I mentioned, this is a French film, um, also goes by the name of Deep Fear. Uh, I must admit, I had a serious sense of deja vu watching this. I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen something very similar to it. Um, as above, so below. It, it, um, certainly yeah. um, touches on it. <clears throat> but I'm pretty sure I've, I've, I've seen something else uh, which fits this. Um, this isn't too bad. It takes a while to really get to you know, the actual sort of story bit, you know, that it's actually concerned with. It's, it's probably a good 30 or 40 minutes before it really gets there. There are a few sort of other sort of um, threats along the way, but, um, you know, it doesn't really sort of truly kick off until just over the halfway point, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't mind this. I'll talk about this a bit more shortly. But, um, Steve, over to you. What do you make of uh, Bunker 717? It was okay. It was, like I said, to me, it took a long while to get going. And kind of, yeah, it reminded me of like, I've not actually seen the, the other one, um, As Above, So Below. Mm. I've seen the trailer, I thought it, it looked very similar. That kind of crossed with the descent a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, I just I just found it a bit a bit of a slog for the first 45 minutes really and then it kind of kicked into gear and by the end I thought before the end it was actually quite good but what I think what I found was you know it's one of these that's advertised as you know the Nazi guys on the poster and mm-hmm. whatever is he in it for five minutes ten minutes <laughs> if that you know it's, it, it, it's more about the getting lost than the actual what they find shall we say it's um, almost an afterthought, isn't it? It's like, oh yeah, yeah. And, and there's this. <clears throat> yeah, we'll, we'll chuck this in at the end. You know, it was, it was okay. It wasn't anything special, or you know, not I haven't seen before. But yeah, it was done all right. I think. Yeah. I think it's, this is one of those films that you know it, it tries to uh, wrong foot you as as to what the actual threat is, isn't it? Because because it gives you a very human antagonist um mm. for, for for sort of various parts of the film mm. uh, and and it could easily just have played out like that like like something like um uh judgment night or something like that you mm. know yeah it, it could yeah. have gone that way um but then it sort of wrong foots you again it goes aha actually there's there's this uh down here as well um rich what, what did you make of uh, this one yeah, I think you, what you guys have said is, you know, pretty spot on. You know, it is kind of this hodgepodge of various different movies. I mean, the, um, you mentioned The Descent, but like uh, the one I was sort of thinking of quite a lot was Creep. The, mm-hmm. um, mm, yeah. Uh, the one about the, uh, Creep. Oh, the, 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 the Chris Smith one. Yeah, Chris Smith. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. which, which then takes you, which is kind of, uh, itself was a reference to, um, Deathline. An old that's right Donald, yeah, Pleasance, Donald Pleasance yeah yeah uh, so basically like cannibals in the in the in the subway system kind of thing um there's also like a touch especially like uh, as you say when we get to the that end part and there's a um 
there's a not just the Nazi, but there's a creature mm. as well. It's a bit Resident Evil like. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I th- yeah, I think they've kind of combined all these different bits. The urban explorer theme, which, as you say, as above, so below. I haven't seen it, but that was. I was thinking in my head, there's been another movie that's done this recently, I'm mm. sure. Uh, and I, I love the fact that it's a French horror movie, mm-hmm. which we don't see a huge amount of. I mean, there, there are, you know, there's been martyrs and all sorts of other stuff, but, you know, they don't come along quite often. And this is quite a mainstream one. You know, it's yeah. teen horror, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I was quite pleased, you know, that it's got picked up and uh, it's getting a release. They've, the distributors, like Bob, have given it, I, I don't know if they did the art, whether they you know whether they commissioned it or whether, they, whether that's been used in another territory but it's got this very you know exploitation grindhouse you know, mm. sort of artwork to really capture it i mean it does i mean i think i think the artwork looks great with the sort of nazi zombie guy uh, on the front and that and the title having been changed from uh, uh deep, deep fear, fear which i think yeah. suits mm. the film better because the bunker like you say is kind of just a part of it it's not the whole mm. not the whole deal yeah. so it, even the film itself you know it said there's bunker 717 is visible in one yeah. in one or two of the scenes but it's yeah, yeah. It, it's not like they linger on it like this massive mo- thing of significance no but yeah. the but obviously because that title comes up you know it's been inserted at the front and uh and you know it's got the on the cover art it. that's what you're waiting for so it sets up different expectations mm. So that's a downside, but it also was a reason that I came to watch the film. So it really caught my attention. I, I do think Deep Fear actually fits the film better. I think it's got like a, it's got quite a nasty edge to it, the whole thing, and it's quite um, bleak. But you know, and again, the descent and all that sort of stuff um, fits well. I mean, there's even actual bits like in the descent where they're crawling through these really, really tight passages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can't get more descent than that. I must admit, I, I you know, I'm, I, I don't consider myself to be claustrophobic, but, mm. but you will never ever find me in that situation. You know, um, mm. because I'm a big guy as well. You know, <laughs> the, the fear of getting wedged and stuck in in, in one of those sort of small tunnels oh, is yeah. you know I, I just could not do it I, you never find oh, no, me yeah. like spelunking no, or anything like that personally yeah, I, love, I love tunnels I love all these old sort of tunnels kind of thing and I love that idea mm. of you know doing a tour of that that kind of thing and yeah. stuff but I wouldn't go off piece like these guys are doing yeah. for all the, you know in the so mm. I think that's a nice idea is there's a lot to explore down there and they show mm. that there's a lot going on and you almost expect them to run into like Dennis Leary and the guys from <laughs> Demolition Man or something uh, with cooking their rat burgers and whatnot. But the so um, it's uh, yeah, Urban Explorers, uh, Chernobyl Diaries, I think, did that as well. Yeah, um, quite uh, I, I will thing. say, uh, you know, because we mentioned a couple of times, um, if you haven't seen As Above, So Above, So Below, I really do recommend it. It is a very mm. good horror film with some really good ideas. Now, but, um, I have I haven't seen it as I said. So yeah. where is is that a French film, American film, or it's an American film, right? Um, but set in Paris, but it, but, yeah. set in, but set in these catacombs. Well, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure it's 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 actually a found footage style film. Oh, okay, if I remember correctly, but it it, it does a lot with it. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's um yeah, I, I really like that one. But yeah, okay. Uh, any, anything more for this one? I, I will say actually the um. The, the makeup effects, the special effects work for this is really good. Some really nasty injury details. Mm. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which were very well done, I have to say. I was uh, a bit confused. I mean, there were some things like one of the characters seems to sort of disappear. I don't know if I wasn't really mm. paying attention, but it seemed like it was almost like we're going to come back for you, and then mm. uh, it did. It seemed mm. like they weren't. <laughs> I, don't, mm. I, I, so I might have sort of, sort of missed something there, and also I don't think they kind of. I mean, I know you can over-explain things and under-explain things and that, but the whole the, the thing about the the Nazi living in this, you know, staying mm. in this bunker for all these years and, and whatnot, I don't think they gave us well, they didn't give us anything. But I was like, why? Why was he down? Why didn't he just leave? Or why did he, you know? And how did he stay? Alive? I mean, I know he could probably yeah. live off rats and all that sort of stuff. And I understood his complexion and things because he hasn't been in the, yeah. in the daylight and stuff. The, but... the, the assumption by one of the characters, you know, you know the nerdy one with the glasses, mm. he, he assumes that he doesn't actually know the war had ended, and mm. and and just sort of stayed down there, sort of doing these 
sort of weird experiments and stuff, you know, yeah. and dissecting people and all. Oh, that, that bit, well, yeah, the bit where they find um, all the bits and pieces and that—that's pretty. Mm. That's, that's some great production design and stuff. There. Yeah, the yeah, um, very much. But yeah, I yeah. mean, the idea that he would have always. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he just never thought to check. <laughs> so, I know. I, just, yeah. I, I don't quite buy that, but it's still it's a fun concept or whatever. And who knows, they might sort of elaborate on it in a in a Deep Fear two or something down the road. Yeah. I mean, the kind of film that came to mind when I was watching it was uh, sort of one of the the high watermark, which is Frit Vilt and hmm. the um, Cold uh, Cold Prey, yeah, uh, yeah. Raw Utag's hmm. film. I think that's for if for a, a non English language sort of slasher movie, that's kind yeah. of high watermark. And yeah, this yeah. one because it's kind of beating about the bush too much for want of a better word it's like mm. it doesn't really uh establish what it's doing too much and uh yeah, yeah as you say you kind of get a little bit at the end and so hopefully mm. maybe they'll sort of do something a bit more in in a sequel or something but yeah i enjoyed it i think it's worth watching yeah and on that note uh how are we gonna score it uh steve i'll give it a seven Mm-hmm. And Rich, yeah, seven from me as well. It's a solid three sevens for uh, Bunker Seven One Seven from Light Lightbulb Films. Go check it out. Our next film is Terror on the Prairie. On the Montana plains, a frontiers woman must protect herself against a ruthless gang of outlaws hell bent on revenge. Um. This film is produced by the Daily Wire. The Daily Wire, that's right, which is a right-wing mm-hmm. um, sort of uh, news outlet. Would you say? Yeah, so the yeah. news is uh, kind of their primary. Yeah, media empire, yeah. shall we say? But um, so so, so um, this this sort of picked up a bit of scorn. Uh, you know, it stars um, Gina Carano, who kind of. You know, sort of press self-destruct on her career when she um, started spouting anti-vax stuff and and all sorts. Um, is it last year? No, two years ago now. Um, yeah. So so this is a bit of a comeback for her. I actually like this. Um, I, I got a thing for westerns, anyway, as you guys know. I really enjoyed the uh, the last sun that we covered a couple of weeks ago. Um, this kind of fits in. It, as far as production values go, I, th- I think this is pretty decent. Um, and I like this sort of standoff between, you know, this sort of, uh, you know, th- this woman looking after a family and these guys who are out to sort of find her husband. And and it becomes this sort of like, you know, not exactly cat and mouse, but, you know, this 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 um, sort of shootout of this, this um, little, little house the, the, on the prairie. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but there you go. Uh, Steve. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. Um, I thought it was boring. The camera was so static, it was untrue. There was no movement in it, no tension, no build-up. It, it was just flat all the way through. Really, really boring. And one thing that really, really pisses me off in films is when you get a baddie spouting 25,000 Bible verses Oh, yeah. I, I agree it, with you there. Yeah. It just winds me up, and mm-hmm. I can't be doing with it. And I, I, I just found it re- really boring and really flat. It just, you knew what was coming. And even, what, it took, what, 45 minutes to get to the standoff? And then nothing else really happened, apart from my husband turning up. It, it it, it bored the tears out of me. It really did. And I can say, I knew it was one of these that she'd done for this, was it, right, right-wing thing? Daily Wire, yeah. Said, yeah. Daily Wire, that was it, yeah. I, I knew it was one of them. I think, has she done two? Yes. I think of, well, I'm not sure they were. I'm sure she, said, I, she was doing two. Yeah. Uh, I hope we don't get the second one after this. I really <laughs> don't. I was just bored to tears really was that's a shame uh rich did you enjoy any more than steve i'm not a big fan of westerns really it's not my genre but i was i really like this a lot i i thought the i I thought the locations just looked spectacular the the you know the production value that you get from that 
from that location mm. and, and obviously it's well mm. shot but it is a, a film that almost entirely takes place around one cabin uh, there are some scenes that take place in town and stuff but for the, for the most part it's it's just there uh, and yeah I, I i was on board with it the um i i, I thought the cast did really well uh, interestingly we've got um daniel day lewis's son in there mm. yeah, as one of the uh, as one of the uh, bad guys i think um and uh, also in ta- when in, during the town section uh samara armstrong who you may remember from you know uh back in the day she was in i think uh what was the movie was it knight's tales she was in and all uh, oh, right was it knight's tales she was she not nice tale can't remember if it was Knight's Tale. I'm on it. She's uh, she did quite a few films anyway that yeah. I remember seeing, seeing her back in sort of the uh, ninety in the 90s. I think she was was sort of the, the sort of the peak of her career. Mm. So I haven't seen her in anything for a while. Um, but you know, obviously Gina Carano is the main character. I thought she carried it quite well. It's a it's mm-hmm. a fairly stoic sort of role but she's um you know she's got she's not playing a hardened sort of killer or, or anything in this she is supposed to be <coughs> just a mother uh mm. you know so who's, who's who's on her own facing these um odds and trying to look after the um her, her son and, and baby uh, at, at the time uh, and i thought that you know she was pretty convincing i thought i thought the bad yeah. guys yes the bible quoting bad guy is yeah. in the west is like we've seen that so much uh mm. but the um i thought you know I, di- I didn't mind him i thought the performances were good i'd say for the most part it was just i was just sort of in awe of the cinematography because yeah although um steve was uh not enamored of that sort of visual style I mean, but that didn't I mean, bother me i was quite i was quite it was nice mm. you know it it, it it just i don't know this cam just seemed so static mm. you know it just didn't seem to move and I, it, it just, I, was, I was bored. I really was bored. No, I was certainly not bored by it. Um, yeah, I, I, as I said, I, I quite like this. The, um, you know, there's, there's a few things online that's, which is quite amusing. Um, people are sort of complaining about everyone being such bad shots in this. Mm. But to be honest, it's probably more realistic than most. But, um, yeah. Just to correct myself, um, it's not um, Samara Armstrong. That was Shannon Susterman. Shannon Susterman. But Samara Armstrong was in in things like uh, A Boy Girl Thing, Stay Alive. Um, I think she was on the OC as well. But I remember she's in the the Lucy Liu film um, Rise, which is good as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't like that one. That was another DTV uh, one. Anyway. Now, considering as as we've discussed, this was set within, you know, one location, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, um, IMDb reckons the budget for this was seventy five million dollars. No, no way in a million. Years. No way. Right, okay. So Unless that, there's some sort of tax dodge sort of thing tax, going on. Tax dodge thing. I think so. Yeah, someone's slightly over overinflated the overinflated the budget. The budget. Um, yeah. What what they reported, but um, yeah, there's there's no way on earth. Uh, this this could have cost anywhere near that. My favourite thing about the movie is Matthias Hughes is in it, and he's great. It's one of his best roles. Yeah, <clears throat> it's it's, it's completely against type. It's an actual proper character for him, mm. and he plays it really well. It's yes, it's a it's a small role, short role, doesn't last very long or whatever. But mm. he he, uh, he you know I I so almost didn't recognise him because obviously he's getting on in years now. Mm. But uh, he you know he was he was gruff and thing, and I I, I thought he he played you know. For a guy who's known for just sort of being the sort of beefcake guy beating people up or, or mm. you know, walking around with his shirt yeah. open, I thought, you know, to, <laughs> to see him play this... Uh, He's the guy who turns yeah. up to help when... when yeah, when, just help yeah, a neighbour. Yeah, yeah, a neighbour who wants to, wants to help out and gets in, you know, things getting over his head kind of thing. And I thought... Mm. That was really that was great because I've never seen him. There might be roles like that that he's done that I haven't seen before, but this is basically mm. a, a different, a completely different kind of role for him, which uh, which I thought was fantastic. But the director of this in, is Michael Polish, mm-hmm. he's done long, quite a few long things, long career, yeah, yeah, yeah long career. Mm. But um, one of his most recent releases here was um, Force of Nature, Force of Nature. which we which were with Mel Gibson, which I hear isn't very, we hear isn't very good, it's not, unfortunately. Um, 
the only other thing I think I've seen of his, he did a, a, a Christian movie called 90 Minutes in Heaven with Hayden Christensen, mm. which now that was boring. That was a boring movie. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, he's done quite a few. He's a music video director in the past and, and stuff. And uh, I think he does. I think he does. I think everyone does a good job on this um, for, mm-hmm. for, what, for what it is for, you know, for a, a Western. It's got a nice, decent budget look, not a $75 million look, but um, a nice, mm-hmm. decent look. I mean, Montana, I think, lends itself to that. I mean, Steven Seagal's uh, The Patriot. Yeah. was a low budget but beautifully shot you know film you know in a similar kind of vein it's you know this was shot i think in uh, uh like a national park sort of um, mm-hmm. sort of area where they do yeah. a lot of do a lot of sort of western films and that so you, you that that brings you know as long as you got the, the ca- all you need is basically some really nice cameras <laughs> and this really nice <laughs> location and you and you you're you're onto a winner already really indeed yeah, um, sort of despite its, um, you know, sort of right-wing sort of backing, I, I don't think that bleeds much into the film, really. I don't think so. No, I think I, 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 I would, yeah. it wouldn't be anything that, you know, it's not anything that sort of jumped out at me. No. I mean, the fact that it, I mean, I think when people rent it and it says The Daily Wire, mm. that's not going to mean anything not, uh, not in this here, country. No. And no. it's not going to... I mean, shouldn't hurt it. Should, yeah. uh, no, it won't hurt. I don't think yeah. it will hurt it at all. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm really impressed. We've had, we've had two decent, you know, as far as I'm concerned, two decent westerns um, this year. This one and, and the Last Sun. Um, and you know, I still haven't seen Old Henry. That's supposed to be very good. I think that was on. Um, That's on Sky. On Sky Cinema, isn't it, at mm-hmm. the moment. Yep. you know, might end up get, get around to see because I at think some point. Signature were going to be releasing it. Uh, mm. Yes, that's right. They, they were and planning then, to, and then and then I think what happened is Sky bought the rights and dumped. so that that kind of yeah, I think that's what kind <laughs> of uh, that's my um, <clears throat> feeling of what's probably happened because it was like it was all set to come out and then it didn't and then all of a sudden mm. <laughs> then, then, then it's on Sky. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so I probably might give that. I mean, say westerns aren't my thing, but uh, yeah. every now and again, I don't, you know. Um, Kevin Costner and all that sort of open range, you know, things yeah. like that. I've, I've yeah, oh, yeah, open past. range is brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. I definitely think this is worth a look, whether you like Westerns or not. Yeah. But, yeah, um, you know, th- this has got the the production values for, for you know, this sort of film. I mean, right, right from the off, you know, you got you got that uh, scene with the guy being chased by the guys on horseback and everything. I thought, thought it worked really well. Now, how um, does something like that scene, which is pretty grim, hmm. compare to Bone Tomahawk, which I haven't seen, but I've really been put off seeing it because I hear it's so grim. Bone Tomahawk mm-hmm. is the apex of grim scenes. Yeah, the the, the butcher scene in, in Bone Tomahawk, you've not seen anything like it. Yeah, okay, so um, it's this not, was enough it's, it's for me. Not, I'm not it's not, I wouldn't say it's bloodthirsty, it's just what happens, you know, it's um, grim, to say the least. That's a, that's a brilliant film. Anyway, back to this, and scores on the doors. Uh, Steve? Five. A five, and Rich? Another seven from me. And another seven for me. So that's one five and two sevens for Terror on the Prairie. Go check it out. Our next review is The Stranger in Our Bed. A happily married woman leaves her husband for a lover who mysteriously disappears. Okay, so that is the synopsis on IMDb. What we actually get in the film is a little bit different. Um, You certainly wouldn't call uh, the main character here, uh, Rich, um, happily married. No. That's not not how I describe her situation one bit. yeah, totally terrorised by her husband. That, that would be kind of more on point, I think. Um, yeah. So we have this woman, Charlotte, who wants to leave her husband. She keeps telling him she's going to leave, but he keeps making it impossible for her to do so. Um, she's been having an affair with some guy, um, but for some reason he's disappeared, a guy called Ewan. Um and it, it's all kind of mysterious. And so, so she's kind of trapped by the husband, Tom, um, and, and his mum, who's played by Samantha Bond, who used to be Miss Moneypenny in the um, Pierce Brosnan Bond movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I, for the most part, I did enjoy this. It's, it's an interesting 
um, what's the word? It's, it's an interesting sort of gumshoe kind of investigation. You know, she's having to sort of find out what actually happened, and there's, there's other sort of nefarious things going on. Um, but there are some big errors in this, um, which uh, you know we'll pick up on. Um, but Rich, how, how did you get on with um, the stranger in your bed? In our bed, the in um, our bed, even yeah, in, not yeah. in your bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the um, see, I I was a bit uh, unsure about approaching this, thinking, oh, it's an erotic thriller kind of thing. I'm not really. It's no, it's certainly that. yeah, it's certainly a lot better than the uh, the one we covered a couple of weeks graphic ago. Design. Graphic design, yeah, yeah. yeah this this is um, on a different level to that for sure. Yeah, so I, I was quite impressed with it straight away. I was really drawn into it. I thought the, um, the film looks great. It's obviously it's a low budget production, but again, it's been shot so well. Um, it, every 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 scene just looks really fantastic. Um, the cast, um, apart from Samantha <clears throat> Bond and old Nadia, uh, and, oh sorry, Nina Wadia, um, mm -hmm. uh, is in there as well. But m most of the cast are unknown to me. But I was very engaged by them. I wasn't keen on the husband, the ex playing the husband. Mm. Uh, he didn't seem to fit the role for me. I mean, he was doing. He did well with it, um, but it wasn't wasn't quite the. Um, uh, if I compare it to mm. like uh, Sean Ashmore in The Voices, yes, uh, which I saw, for example, I thought he that, that worked perfectly in that film. This not so much, but um, Emily Barrington as uh, Charlotte, uh, his wife, who's you know who's obviously the you know the protagonist in the story, and she's all uncertain about what's going on, and uh, you know d following this sort of procedural kind of investigation plot of trying to you know find out what what the truth is behind certain things. I thought that uh, you know she, I I was on board with her and her character. Uh, and you know she's you know sympathetic, uh, uh, and you know the, <laughs> her husband's a nasty piece of work. You know we we know mm. that from the get go. Um, the the plot and the way you know the the weaves and stuff is based on a novel, so there's quite a lot to sort of pull from. I think uh, I think that sort of plays out well. I I was very very pleasantly surprised. It's um, from director uh, Giles Alderson, mm. who, who we've we've we watched his film Arthur and Merlin. Yes, and, and, and I've also covered this other film, the, 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 Dare. the Dare, which which I really liked actually. That, that was really good. And he's got another one coming up very soon called Wolves of War, which will be, uh, we'll, which we'll be getting to. But he's done quite. He's, I mean, he's done mm. loads of shorts and stuff. But he's he's establishing himself quite Definitely. well. He's got his own. Uh, I think he's got, you know he's got his own podcast uh, where he where he interviews various people in the British film industry and beyond. I think uh, so. He you know he knows his onions and and whatnot and. Uh, I think, yeah, he's. I'm. I'm really interested in what what I see from him going forward. You know, wolves, wolves hmm. of war. I, I'm really because he he moves from genre to genre. He's changing it up each time yeah, he definitely. goes, yeah. and uh, I like that. He, he brought. I mean, Arthur and Merlin for me had a lot of issues, mm -hmm. uh, in uh, partly due to a bit like Bunker Seven One Seven, due to the marketing, the way they sort of pitch yeah. the film because yeah. the, the, that's not what the film is, no. but. Uh, you know, overall, he was able to sort of bring sort of some scale and stuff to it. Here, it's it's an intimate drama, but with with this sort of you know um, mainstream you know quality to it. You know, not, mm. not, I'm not I'm not you know it wouldn't be out of place as like a, a, a BBC or ITV. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Peak time yeah. drama. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's got that sort of production value to it. It does. It definitely does. Yeah, um, there's only one. There's <laughs> one area in particular, um, which which just like made me laugh. Well, there's two actually. There's is we we find out exactly what her husband's like at the beginning when she tells him he's going to leave, and he sort of said, "No, everything's everything's perfect. We you know we can make it work." And she's going, "No, we can't." And he goes, "Yes, we bloody can." He sort of smashes a glass on the floor, and he goes. We'll talk about this when you've calmed down. Which <laughs> 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 actually made me laugh. But um, there's a scene later on uh, with uh, this character, Ewan, who actually, you know, he, he goes to see the husband. And I thought, why? You know, you know exactly what he's like. Why are you doing this? It, 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 it just say, it seemed like this guy, Ewan, was a complete 
idiot. Um, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You know, you know the scene I mean, don't you? It's yeah, like, yeah, I do. Yeah, it is a like, kind of. It's a bit. Why? Of a, what are you that doing? Is that? A bit of a yeah. Why? Why did why you, you, you tell him before you've told her? What you? You know, it, it just didn't make any sense at all. Um, but anyway, and, the whole f- and the, in a sense, that sort, sort of quite a lot of the film hinges on mm. that. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but the, um, but I, yeah, Samantha Bond, she's fantastic in her mm-hmm. supporting role. Uh, there's again, there's she's got quite a lot going on at the moment. I think we're going to be checking out another film that she's in in the coming weeks. Okay. I think she's, you know, she's she's great. And say, um, Nina Wadia doesn't have a huge amount to do, but she's quite mm-hmm. an interesting uh, background character. <laughs> Yeah, she, um, she's the housekeeper, I think. She, mm, yeah, yeah. And there's various things going on. I, I liked, I liked it a lot. I did. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for sort of, um, yeah, any any sort of in, investigation, sort of private yeah, mystery kind of, kind of stuff. stuff. Yeah, all that. And, um, and and that's what we get here. You know, she she she's trying to find out what happened to her, her lover. Um, and and you know, it turns out there's quite a bit of mystery surrounding that, and it, it is very compelling and, and sort of does draw you in. Very and well paced, you know, that's and, a key yes, thing. Yeah. Exactly. So on that note, Rich, how are you going to score it? Uh, another seven out of ten for me. It is a solid seven. Yeah, two sevens in this case for uh, The Stranger in Our Bed. Go check it out. Our next review is The Day After Halloween. Longtime best friends Addison and Hayes awaken after their Halloween party to a house full of empty bottles and a dead girl in their bathtub. Hayes' girlfriend, to be exact. Neither have any idea what happened to her and must try and remember the drunken events of the night before and consider what to do with the body. Um, I'm really interested, Steve, to know Mm -hmm. what you think of this one because... I, I've kind of likened this to um, what would happen if uh, Dante and Randall from Clerks yeah. discovered a dead body in the, you know, in, in the in, in the store. Um, well, that's which, very which, very much how this plays out for me. Yeah, well, that's what happens in Clerks. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, somebody, die, somebody does die in Clerks, but we know why. You know, yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. But anyway, um, I, I'm really keen to find out what, how you got on with this one. Um, I enjoyed it to a point. Mm-hmm. You know, it is funny. Yeah, it is, you know, Dancing and Randall running a, a driving and having a party, basically. And yeah, it just kind of switched. I think I was just put it on Twitter, your review. I think I read it. And yeah. The point you made where it, the flashback, flash forward, you know, jumping yeah. through the time. It, it gets tedious, doesn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. It, it, it does break it down a bit. And then all of a sudden this big like supernatural swing comes in as well near the end and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought that might lose you because you mentioned in the past you don't like it when, when a film will suddenly switch genres for... for yeah, like that. You know, out of uh, a, that, that um, night drive one, you know, yeah, which suddenly yeah. became like a time travel thing at the end. You know, that's yeah. sort of, so, so I'm, I'm kind of not surprised that that sort of like might, might have jarred with you. Yeah, that bit kind of did, did lose me a little bit. But like I said, it was funny. The performances we've got, especially um, two main guys, you know, yeah. you, you're quite dour, miserable <laughs> bastard, really, yeah. you know. And the other one, he's a little bit more perky, but you know, he's got, it's... they've both got a self destruct button in their lives. And hmm. you've got, obviously, you've got like, connotations of the hangover in there as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, well, oh my yeah, God, what happened last night? Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that kind of thing. <laughs> and when you actually find out what happens without the supernatural element, you're kind of mm. like, okay, it's kind of strange, but yeah, it, it's okay. Yeah. I, I really. Good points, but there's a couple of bits yeah. that just let it down slightly. I, I, I really enjoyed this. I wasn't sure what to make of it at first. Mm-hmm. 
because it, it starts with um, the character Addison, who's played, I think it's um, Danny Schluck. Danny Schluck, um, yeah. um, You know, he comes in, he wanders around the house, it's a mess sort of thing. He, he notices that his mate's still asleep. And he sees something in the bathroom. We don't know what it is, but it's 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 shot very lo-fi. You know, it's like it's like mm. on like very um, basic sort of video camera kind of footage. And I'm thinking yeah. this is going to be one of those like are we shot it on our phone kind of kind of scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it sort of cuts when when we get to the credits. We got this sort of really colourful slow mo shot. This sort of montage of, of um, Hayes's girlfriend arriving at the drive-in. You know, this yeah. is really, really great song playing over the credits. And, um, you know, it, it looks like a really great time. And, and I'm, I'm watching this scene, I'm thinking, I really want to be there. You know, they, mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's, it's it's a really good vibe, you know, really, really interesting place to be. As yeah. they sort of set up for this this Halloween party. Um, and, and th- you know, the humour in it is, it is that sort of Kevin Smith's kind of thing, you know. Um, yeah. There's a line when they're sort of talking about um, Addison's grandfather who's in the war or something. He's kind of sort of, sort of killing Vietnamese or the Koreans. He goes, oh, they're all the same at the end of a bayonet or yeah. something. It's really, <laughs> really bad sort of thing. And and his costume as well, um, because when, when, when you see him in, in this sort of colourful part and he's just wearing this really dirty vest and it's like yeah oh my god this guy's a complete slob you know he, he just looks like yeah yeah and and then you realize no he's actually playing you know he, he's actually in costume yeah. and 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 the, the costume was brilliant and, and and the bit with the, the bit with the sign yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my, oh my god <laughs> that that was that was genius um yeah. Uh, and yeah, they you know they start throwing in these sort of more sort of cinematic elements. So they start playing around with the um, you know the, the the format a little bit. So like when they're discussing what they're going to do with the body, and it sort of cuts to black and white, and they're dressed in like almost like burglar outfits, and it be- mm. all the dialogue becomes sort of very like a hard boiled you know sort of thriller kind of thing. As he's sort yeah, of, and it kind of like goes into like the the interrogation, interrogation scene, you know. and stuff like that. yeah yeah so yeah. so so you know they they, they they do some interesting sort of sort of play of playful things and and then we have the the various flashbacks and things but it, unfortunately you know the, the one element i don't like is that sort of like you know the, the time stamp that comes onto the screen mm-hmm. saying like you know it, it's supposedly counting down to the point that the girl gets killed but then yeah. it'll jump back like three months or six months ago and then jump mm-hmm. forward again and, and it's you know, and and after a while, I just stopped caring about the actual. Well, when's this set? Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, you, yeah. you can t- you can tell yeah. by Hayes's haircut. You know, <laughs> when, when things are happening. So, oh, he had short hair then. So, so it was a long time ago. Sorry. Yeah. But but I I I really enjoyed the dialogue in this. Um, you know, the the um the girlfriend character isn't isn't actually named in the film either. In in the credits, she's just called the corpse. The bo- yeah. Which which I think is. Pretty disingenuous, considering you know, for a lot of the films, she she is alive and she has this sort of um, very antagonistic relationship with with Addison, the sort of more sort of dower of the two friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this really worked for me. Um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Love the soundtrack as well. Um, I didn't mind the the, the switcheroo at the end. Um, I, <laughs> I, I kind of like the way it ended as well. It was just like. You know, there's no real sort of like, yeah. um, <clears throat> and you know, there's, there's no, nothing's really resolved. It's just no. like we, we now we were now, we're now in this situation, and we're kind of living with it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it, it really worked for me. I, I, I was really pleasantly surprised by this. Um, how are you going to score it? Yeah, I'm going to knock a couple of points off. Like I said, just for the supernatural switcheroo, and you know couple of things that I'm not too bad on. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a seven. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm giving it an eight and I'm, I'm docking at a yeah. point because of the, um, the, the time stampy stuff. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. this, this definitely, um, you know, has, has a lot of potential. Um, I just want to point out as well, that um, did, did you figure out where the names Addison and Hayes came from? No, 
And uh, you, you put some in that review, didn't you? But I can't remember I what it was. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the characters of um, from Moonlighting. David Addison and Maddie Hayes. Just, so, <laughs> just slightly before my time, that mate. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I think you know, obviously, the guy likes um, sort of classic Bruce Willis. So, well, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, that is um, a seven and an eight for the day after Halloween. Please go check it out. Our short shot this week is the shack. A centuries-old creature in the woods that has a taste for human flesh is kept appeased by generations of a single family. On a hunting trip that goes awry, Hank must pass down responsibility of the sacred land to his son, Caleb. Oh, so um, that's what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks for explaining it to me. <laughs> right, okay. Um, yeah, so, so this is... It has an interesting premise and an interesting setup. Um, but, you know, even at 15 minutes, I, th I think this is too long for what it is. Um, it it needs either a bit more to the story or, or a sort of shorter running time, I, th I think, to sort of make it work properly. Steve, mm -hmm. um, how did you get on with this one? Yeah, I agree with you, really. It's kind of... I don't, I don't think the law or the the rules are given much thought, really. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, it kicks... I mean, to be fair, the first white kill is actually quite nasty and mm. pretty brutal, to be fair. You know, it's, it just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, shit. And then this... I don't know, it's like they've got the monster, but then they're trying to chuck a bit of the ring in as well. Yeah, and just maybe go a bit too far with that, but they don't explain the rules as much. Like Richard saying, "Oh, that's what was going on." Then mm. you know, it took me a little while to think. Hang on, and also, I don't think it helped that the guy and his son look the same age. <laughs> they do, <laughs> you yeah, know, a couple of, couple of years at the most, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just little things like that, but. It was okay. I've, I've seen better. I've seen worse. You know. Indeed. Yeah. I thought the creature effects were quite good. You know, the tentacles yeah. and stuff. I thought they, they yeah. managed. They, they got those working really well. Um, the, obviously, the, there's a nod to "Don't Look Now" for some reason. Um, with, yeah. With the, with the yellow, the yellow cape slash Mac or something, or, or mm. even maybe they were going for the village. You know, <laughs> M Night Shyamalan. Oh yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I. I as, as you said, Steve, you know, um, it didn't really sort of establish the law too much. Yeah. And, and, and everything went to shit really quickly, considering this family is supposed to be sort of looking after this thing and, and, and ensuring it gets fed and all the rest of it. Um, things go to shit really quickly, and, yeah. and as, as if it doesn't matter um, who's been doing what, you know, as if it doesn't care. So, so yeah, it, it didn't really sort of have any... You know, that sort of backstory just didn't have any emphasis on what actually happens. But yeah, that, yeah. There you go. So, uh, Rich, um, what do you make of this one? Yeah, I wasn't, I, I didn't click with it, uh, to be honest. The, the uh, I didn't really get what it was, what it was going for. And, um, mm. you know, so the fact that, you know, you've read that synopsis at the start, mm. which really cleared it up for me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> I hadn't gone in, I've had that, none of that is, well, for me, I didn't think that was carried across in, mm -hmm. uh, in the film. It was it was a bit oblique, uh, and I just, it, you know, I watch a lot of short films in general, a lot of Indeed. you know short horror yeah. films and stuff. And this just for me, mm -hmm. I just didn't, I just couldn't click with it. Mm. I, th I think but the director is quite interesting. He's a, mm. he's a it's, it's an early film for him, but he's a, a visual effects artist. Okay, uh, he's he's done a lot of. Um, Big and small productions, you know, from mm -hmm. everything from like Riddick and uh, Skylines to things like uh, Revenge, Revenge of the Mask to fan film, and he, he oh, yeah. directed a, a, a Star Wars fan film himself. So he's he sort of moves around, um, you know, different you know sort of budget areas and stuff. And I think this, considering that, I think uh, you know, I thought there were some interesting visual effects, but 
you know, considering it is a visual effects guy, I would have perhaps expected a, a, something a bit more impressive. But mm. it, it was definitely the um, uh, it was more the drama. The film was definitely focusing more on the sort of uh, the drama. I felt that you know, and that and, yeah, that, and that just wasn't no. um, doing it for me. Yeah, I, I agree. One um, one of the effects I think it's gotten old is the the old sort of spidery black veins. You know, mm -hmm. um, to sort of show that someone's been possessed or something. And I thought, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Okay, you know? yeah, <laughs> here we go again." But you know, tentacles. Yeah, tentacles are really good. Um, so that, that whole thing worked really well. And what? So, do you get this? Or would you say it's uh, sort of Lovecraftian? Well, as, that's as kind I, of I, what's been mentioned well, in yeah, it, as well. Because when he puts the beer down, you know, he walks in with a pack of beer, doesn't he? Mm. And puts it down in the shack, and the beer's called Cthulhu. Mm. So oh, was it? Definitely... <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. That's, that's, what's going. that's a good. That's a good Easter egg. I like that. Now yeah. we, we we talked about this the other week, Rich, um, about what what I consider sort of, you know um, sort of classifies as, as Lovecraftian, and it's it's the idea. Yeah, when, when we're sort of talking about uh, Black Site, um, mm. the the um, the other Black Site, the Tom yes. Payton one. Um, it, it's it's the concept of, of sort of something ancient and um, massive, basically. You know, it's so mm. so huge that you know, sort of humanity just is is an insignificant ant to it, kind of kind of thing. Um, and sort of, you know, the, the the whims of man just have no impact on what you know the sort of const, con, the inst, inst, interstellar kind of. Um, lives of, of these sort of creatures um and i don't think we got that from this this is sort of more uh, the ring kind of thing it's like oh yeah. it's a curse you know yeah it, so, so yeah I, I, don't, I don't buy it as, as um you know working on that sort of level yeah i think you're right with the with the ring sort of thing that i hadn't mm. thought i haven't thought of it but you know when you say that it sort of mm. it definitely resonates this mm -hmm. was put forward to us by the guys over at Dark Matters. Uh, they've mm -hmm. got their channel over on YouTube. I think this is about their 13th, 14th release. Uh, you know, they distribute um, films. You know, not, they're not the films they've made themselves, although I think they do make their own films. Um, but they've got films from various uh, different places. Uh, I just want to mention a couple of others that I've watched recently and I thought were pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, there was one called Off Fleek, which is a, a pretty grim uh, sort of social media kind of um, tale of, you know, about uh, this um, mm -hmm. uh, young girl who's got, uh, you know, her, her image is being criticised and stuff, and she has quite an extreme response to that. Uh, there was, there's um, uh, a, a pretty amusing film called The Front Door, uh, where oh, it's actually really good. I, I do recommend that one. Where the um, uh, this guy is, I think he gets told by his wife to go downstairs and check the doors closed, and so mm. he comes downstairs. And because he left the door open, there's a satanic cult down there about to perform <laughs> a ritual. And there's, there's a funny sort of exchange that I do. Uh, that's that's a pretty amusing one. Uh, and another one which uh, is called the Barber. That's pretty interesting. Um, but there's a whole bunch on their on their mm -hmm. YouTube channel, so um, feel free to awesome. sort of check them out. There's a, they cover sort of a wide spectrum of, of horror. Mm -hmm. Okay, we do not score the shorts, but we do recommend you check them out. This one didn't exactly float our boat, but um, you know, there definitely sort of some good quality points in there. Uh, we'll put a link to this in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Luc Van Tien. Uh, based on a famous 19th century poem, an ancient warrior time travels to modern day Vietnam to battle a criminal organization and find his true love. Um, I had a bit of an issue watching this, Rich, unfortunately. Um, I couldn't get the subtitles to work. Um, so I had to sort of watch this in, in, in its uh, original language. Um, and I must admit, I did sort of skip through a few of the drama scenes because drama. Um, so some of the nuance of this is lost on me. Um, there's sort of two particular sort of female characters in this. Uh, one who I think 
is originally set up, you think, oh, that's that's the girl who's you know his long lost love sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, then then another point, it it seems to be this other lady who's who's like the um, she seems to be like a priestess or something, so all dressed in white most of the time, and and it sort of possibly turns out that she's actually the one he's supposed to be after. But yes, hardly any of that matters <laughs> because. Um, We've got Marshall Club on hand, um, doing some excellent work here. Not only that, but also um, sort of the lead actor um, is absolutely superb. Um, Andreas Nguyen. Yeah, better known as Andy Long. Or even Andy Long, yeah. Um, absolutely superb. Um, and then we've got, as you say, Brian and Andy Lee um, from um, Marshall Club. And, you know, they bring so much humour and acrobatics to their fights. Um, absolutely superb. I, I was laughing out loud at, at times, so, some of the stuff, that, the whole sort of running gag of Andy getting um, stabbed in the bum. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just saw it work really well. Um, so, yeah, this, this um, you know, from a martial arts point of view, from, a, from an action point of view, this is very, very good. And I'm sort of, you know, annoyed that I didn't get to see it at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival um, when it showed. Um, so, so obviously you've seen this before, Rich. How, how did you get on with it? Yeah, when I saw it at, at Fighting Spirit, I absolutely loved it. I thought the, um, you know, it was, this is a, a proper love letter to Jackie Chan's movies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've seen a lot of those and I think this does it better than most. Um, Andy Long's, uh, you know, He's not. We haven't seen him in many leading roles. This is kind mm. of. He's he's German. Well, he, and, he, and all his... he was part of his stunt team, wasn't he? He was part of Jackie Chan's stunt team. I think he might have been at some point. Yeah. I, I can't say for certain. Yeah. I don't know the precise uh, things. Mm. Uh, yes, he he worked on Chinese Zodiac, mm. and the so he's very influenced by Jackie's style. And when he's playing this leading role, um, say he's playing he's playing a Vietnamese. Character. I'm not sure how much he knows Vietnamese, but obviously mm. that, that they've got. Um, he might be. I'm, I'm not sure if his yeah. heritage is Vietnamese, but he's ge he's German typically. Uh, you know, mm. he's, he, he's uh, him and basically everyone else. Uh, the, the young masters, uh, Felix and Lorenz, uh, are in there, helped him out as well as the obviously the Marshall Club guys who are American. Mm. But the so it's a real international sort of mix mash this but they pulled off something really really special i think it's like it really is um it's too long it's it's an hour and 50 minutes which is a bit too much yeah but i think outside although you come for the action you know that's why i, I came mm. i think the characters are engaging and you know and and uh you know you enjoy spending time with those characters that the the, the, the film flows quite nicely so even when andy long is not um revealing his ridiculously impressive six-pack yeah. <laughs> and, and and performing you know uh, uh, incredible feats and you know getting into the fights with say the martial club guys and, and es mm. especially at the end when he when he fights um the young masters uh, yeah. Fe uh, felix and Lorenz, uh, you know a mm. two on two on one fight they uh, were really good yeah. it's fantastic and mm -hmm. the uh, that's the thing about the movie is it's quite a low budget looking movie, but they get a lot out of it. I mean, mm. I think especially when you get to the end, which is your typical um, showdown at the docks yeah. kind of thing. But it seems like they got they had like a they saved the budget or something because there's it, you know it all goes into nighttime because most of it's shot in daylight. Mm. It goes it's nighttime and it's all very atmospherically shot and it looks fantastic. So it's a great uh, climax to the movie, but. Um, yeah, so I like the characters. It's it's a fish out of water kind of um, crocodile Dundee ish thing at the start. Yeah. It's got this sort of light fantasy thing where he's he's essentially come down from from the heavens uh, to look for his lost love. So mm. it's and it's a very very whimsical film. You know, people people are, you know um, uh, in a massive massive city, people just run into exactly who they're supposed to find. Uh, yeah. You know, serendipitously and cross paths and stuff. There's also some excellent uh, 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 costume design and I was, and I was I was going to say that the costumes are <laughs> very very good, especially the the um, sort of the priestess character, the one who's always sort of dressed in white. Her, her dress is 
were, were, were pretty amazing. I think. Yeah, she's yeah. she's dressed impeccably. She looks fantastic. She she very yeah. much reminds me of like of uh, Selena Jade. She's got this very mm. very um, uh, almost ethereal kind of complexion. Mm-hmm. And then we've also got the, one of the bad guys. He's not the he's kind of the main bad guy, but he's not. As the film sort of progresses, mm. we sort of see less of him. But uh, he he's he's got the um, he's not transgender, but he he wears sort of very uh, like dress dressy kind of outfits yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and sort of high heels and and things. And uh, he's got this sort of two face ish kind of outfit that he wears at the start, which is like. Mm. Uh, and, and complemented by his hair, which you know, so you see him from one side and he's dressed in black, and you see him from the other side and he's he, it's all like red, really fantastic, um, uh, fantastically tailored, you know, designed uh, clothes that they're that they're wearing, yep. and so that all bring, brings the stuff to it. So I I think the, this is a film that I'd heard about, and I'd heard about Andy Long, and I knew I knew mm. some of his work, but. You know, I kind of it turned up on like Prime at one point, and it was on. And I was like, yeah, I should I know I should watch it, but I don't really feel. I feel mm-hmm. kind of put off by the poster and stuff, and I, was, I wasn't sure about it. Yeah. I would say if anybody does the same, I mean, definitely, definitely watch it. It's really, really rewarding, even if you just skip through and watch the martial arts sequences. Yeah. But if you stay for the whole story, I think you will in will enjoy it. The, the the whole cast do well. There's a lot of great humor, but some of the stuff does is. You know, there's some sexual politics stuff, which is a bit like oh, you, you can't really. Well, yeah, because <laughs> well, there's that, and there's the uh, you know the whole sort of trafficking sort of storyline and things like that. Yeah, there's a little bit. Yeah, the trafficking. It, it is. It's very. It's a very light comedy, but there, mm. there's some. There, there is obviously yeah. some dark subject matter, but they don't really dwell on that. It was. They no, do no, kind no. of stay on the, on the sort mm. of um, gentler side of things. Just to mention, a few other things, Andy Long's involved with uh we've covered a a a short film called cyberpunk 2077 phoenix program which was a fan film which was uh, for me fantastic uh he's also uh he's the fight choreographer or he i don't know if he's the fight fight choreographer uh, or a fight choreographer on accident man 2 Mm -hmm. Uh, uh he also did uh he's done work with um oh can't the uh the uh, Indian uh, martial arts actor, basically the Indian uh, Scott Adkins to an extent. Yeah. Uh, he's done a, he's done quite a lot of work with him, including an excellent uh, Die Hard in a hospital kind of movie called Sanak, which is on uh, which you in the UK you can see it on the Z Five uh, right. app. Uh, that's very very well. He's he's done things like Commando Three and stuff mm-hmm. as well. But um, Sanak is is is, is is one we should probably cover at some point. It's really good um and so yeah he's kind of one of these guys who's who's getting around he's you know he's 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 becoming more known but this was a film that he did in what 2018 2018 2017 and and, you know it's a small film from in from vietnam it's not gonna sort of break be a breakout kind of movie but Mm. i think those that see it you know and obviously the fact that it got picked up for fight and spirit and got put in front of of, of an audience of you mm-hmm. know people who, who are real enthusiasts for this kind of thing sort of speaks to the quality of it and i think those that those that have seen it have have really been impressed by it. it's just one of those films that's really flying under the radar mm. and uh it's it's um it's it's on plex you have to put up with quite a few ad breaks unfortunately which does make the hour and 50 minute runtime in a into, into <laughs> yeah. a, feel like about two and a half to three hours yeah. but uh, uh you can also uh, rent it and stuff it's not available on uh, physical media as far as i'm aware mm. but uh, i would say if you're if you're a fan of jackie chan and martial arts action and stuff it's it's a must see yeah so i mean there's there's a fight um where it, it takes part place in this sort of circus thing yeah and and the, the audience think it's the actual show that you know mm-hmm. and they're, they're loving it and it's so intricate you know to do with these sort of metal rings and stuff and the way they're being used yeah uh, so multiple attacks and everything it, it is really top notch you know if you are a fan of Jackie Chan you know it is very comparable you know it, we, we even get a Jackie of Chan bit of, of, of outtakes at the end which shows the you know they were getting injured when they were doing all yeah. this stuff you know he's, he was um, ending up in the hospital things like that the, the, there's one particular stunt where where he's getting beaten up by the two brothers mm-hmm. and he does this sort of spinning fall off a balcony um 
onto some sort of tables and chairs, which sort of obviously break when, when, he, when he lands. And you see the, the look of pain on his face, you know, as he sort of like hit, hits it. And I'm thinking, he's not acting. <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> he's not no longer acting. This is, you know, you, you can really imagine him sort of go, going, you know, putting himself through the ringer. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and and the you know the fight scenes are very well done. Uh, we don't score the um, the throwbacks, but we do recommend you check them out. As uh, Rich said, this is available on Plex. Um, hopefully, you have better luck with, with the subtitles than me. Otherwise, you can rent it on um, on streaming services. So please do go check it out. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Steve and Rich for joining us, or joining me, I should say. No problems. Awesome. <clears throat> uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest, and also check out the DTV Digest Short Shots. Uh, I think it's time we start looking at another episode of that, Rich. It's been a while. Um, on the Twitter page for that, uh, Rich puts a, uh, a new short every evening. So please go check that out as well. Other than that, thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.